0: Hi, welcome to Lambert Park Church. Our vision is life with God for the world. Our mission is to invite everyone to follow Jesus with us through redemptive community, intentional discipleship, and everyday mission. We're so glad you're here. Stay tuned for the podcast coming right up. Well, it is a joy to be here with you. And uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about work and our relationship to the things that we do. You know, we probably have mixed feelings about our work, about the things that keep us busy most of the hours of our week. Sometimes we feel that we're fruitful, it's meaningful, we're enjoying it, and sometimes less so. Um, You know, rarely is it all bad, uh, but it's rarely all good either. So how do we navigate our relationship, our connection to work? With our life with God, live for the good of the world, how do we contribute? Well, on one of my recent walks, I went up Mount Ptolemy, which is near where I live, and, and I noticed that the view of the city uh, was getting kind of crowded out by blackberry branches. And as much as I like blackberries to eat, uh, you know, the bushes can get out of hand, and they were kind of creeping up, and you can see on this picture here, they were, they were kind of blocking the view of the city. And I looked out on Victoria, the city that I love and have lived here for since 2006, or, and uh, it just felt like it was reminding me of the curse, the thorns and the thistles that were rising up, and I felt something in me wanting to fight against the curse in this city. So I came back the next day with some pruning shears, and I figured I'm going to do some work here. I'm going to uh, cut down some of these branches so that I have a better view of the city when I'm up at, at Mount Tolmi. Uh Nobody was paying me to do this. I don't think it was wrong. In fact, I think I was contributing to the good of my neighborhood. And as you can see in the picture, the, the view looks a little better, doesn't it? I wanted to contribute for the glory of God in my city But there were some downsides to this, which I'll get to in a moment. You know, our work is part of God's calling in our lives. Uh, Before Christmas, Scott spoke about uh, work. He spoke about how our work matters to God and God matters to our work. And whether we're at work in the marketplace or in our home, whether we're being paid for it or whether it's volunteer, It matters to God. And God calls us into partnership and he invites us to make a contribution for the good of our neighborhood, our city, our world. Our work should serve others and contribute to human flourishing. It contributes to what God is doing as the first worker in our homes and in our communities. It can be a pleasure But not always. You know, we know that humanity made a kind of fateful choice, a compromise. We go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And this title of this sermon, Thorns and Thistles, comes out of Genesis 3. Where the man and the woman disobey God and eat from the forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this isn't just a... A disobedience like here's a rule oh they broke the rule there's something more going on here this is kind of them saying I want to be in charge of defining good and evil I want to not listen to what God says about this I want to think about this for myself I want to be in control I want to make the choices of what's good and evil for me and we know that when that happened and as it still happens uh, it brings a curse and part of that curse actually has cursed our work and we hear that in Genesis 3 where it talks about the thorns and the thistles the cursing of the ground in Genesis 3 verses 17 through 19 where God curses Adam and he says, "'Because you listened to your wife "'and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, "'you must not eat of it. "'Cursed is the ground because of you. "'Through painful toil you will eat of it "'all the days of your life. "'It will produce thorns and thistles for you, "'and you will eat the plants of the field. "'By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food "'until you return to the ground.' Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. Those are heavy words, uh, and that's God's curse. Did you notice that there's, it's pointing out kind of a curse on our work, on the ground. These thorns and thistles represent the frustrations and the consequences that happen in our daily contributions. The gardening was the first job in the Bible, the first job that God gave to humanity. And so the thorns and thistles kind of represent how gardening has become more difficult. Farming, yes, you're going to eat of the plants, but it's going to be painful toil, sweat of your brow. Thorns and thistles will get in the way. So God intends work to bring forth order and beauty but it's also mixed with frustration. And my blackberry picking hurt my jacket. (laughs) I was reaching forward because I wanted to get further in and cut a few more branches, and I was wearing my nylon puffer jacket, and I shouldn't have been wearing that jacket, but as I reached, it grabbed me and it tore me, and I've been leaking fluff all week. (laughs) And I think this just represents, quite literally and symbolically, thorns and thistles, that as we're seeking to do good, it's not always going to be easy. In fact, it may end up costing us, it may end up hurting us, it may be sorrowful, painful toil. I didn't get all the branches I wanted to, but I think it was still worth the work. Our work contributes, but it's not without cost. You know, I've never had a truly awful job. Maybe some of you have. (laughs) Um, But I think every job that we have comes with kind of that thorn and that thistle, the things that just we'd rather weren't there. Um, I can think of I think it was perhaps my second job where I worked for my dad in his gas station, and this goes back several years. Uh, it was back when gas was affordable, and uh, it was uh, back when you were pumping gas, uh, f- and I was just kind of pumping gas and collecting the money and everything, and-, and some brilliant ad executive at Pay Less Gas came up with the idea of a coupon for a free liter of gas. Does anybody remember those? And the pain, the thorn in that for the employee was gas was never 50 cents on the nose. It was always, at that time we'd say, hallelujah, 47.3% or 53.2%. And so you'd get like 11 of these coupons, and you'd have to figure out, okay, how much are these worth? And so you're calculating out, okay, 47.3 times 11, and oh, you want um, a pack of cigarettes to go with that, and you want to put it on your visa. And it was at the time of visas where you had to fill those out by hand and do the choo-choo kind of thing. And... uh, (laughs) You had five people waiting for you, and it was just toilsome labor. I was contributing, sure, but it wasn't always easy. And I'm sure that may be a funny story, and we can all probably moan and groan, but this is a reality that we live with. Um, So what is the practical lesson that we take from this? The fact that work is not 100% amazing, that we never do all that we want to do, that we may not have the job that we want to have, that we may not have a job at all. Uh, You know, we need to have honest expectations. Work is a good thing, but it's not everything. It's probably not the best thing. It's important that we spend our lives uh, doing things that contribute to this world, but don't let them define you because there's always going to be those thorns and thistles which will drag you down. When you evaluate your work, don't be too hard on yourself because even if you're not in the place that you want to be, God is still at work with you and using you. You don't have to have Everything lined up and everything being so fruitful. And no, there's going to be thorns and thistles, and God will be at work. Don't be too quick to leave a situation because you think, oh, it's going to be way better over there. It may well be way better over there, and I'm not saying don't ever look for different work or better work, but not everything is going to be perfectly satisfying. No job is perfect. But God is at work in every job, in all that you do. Timothy Keller in his book, Every Good Endeavor, which I am stealing quite freely from in this sermon and give him all the credit, um, says this, just because you cannot realize your highest aspirations in work does not mean that you've chosen wrongly or that you're not called to that profession or that you should spend your life looking for the perfect career that is devoid of frustration. That would be a fruitless search for anyone. You should expect to be regularly frustrated in your work, even though you may be in exactly the right vocation. That's a hard word to hear, especially for those that don't feel like they're quite in the spot that they want to be. But God is at work even amidst the frustrations. So don't give up. You don't always know the difference that you're making. Even though it doesn't meet your expectations, God may do something in and through you that you'll never even know about, or will be quite surprisingly beautiful. Even small efforts like trimming some branches, helping a child, picking up some litter, making a craft, caring for the elderly, uh, it's a help in the fight against the curse. It's a help to make this community a better place. Work contributes to the good in the world, even though there are thorns and thistles. You know, secondly, God intends work to be meaningful, but there's always a danger of futility. Uh, we can get kind of wrapped up in what we do, and we can think, hey, this is really defines who I am, but then there's those days or those times where you feel like it's maybe a bit pointless. And the book of Ecclesiastes, which is not everybody's favorite book, it's kind of a depressing book, it's meant to be a depressing book, it talks about work, and we're going to look at a couple passages from it today as well. Most of the Bible lifts our attention to God, but there are portions that kind of, like Ecclesiastes, which shows us the futility and the danger of the meaninglessness of a life apart from God, as it says, life under the sun. The book opens with the phrase, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from the labor at which he toils under the sun? Okay. <laughs> the word that the teacher uses in that book for meaningless could also be smoke or vapor. Everything is kind of smoke. Everything is vapor. You, want, you kind of want to grab onto it and it slips through your fingers. When the teacher in this book examines work, these are the types of things he says. This is Ecclesiastes 2, 18 and 19. He says, I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool, yet he will have control over all the work into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun, this too is meaningless basically he's saying you can work and you can toil and then you're done and it's left to someone else and they may waste it all or ruin it all like why why should i care about what i do why go through all the toil if i'm gonna lose it all in the end i can't take it with me Resist, resist this limited perspective. This is the kind of thinking that we can fall into is a danger for us under the sun. When we think that all that life is is just the here and now, it's when we lose that perspective that life is with God, that life is for the good of the community, that life will not end when I end my days under the sun. With our work, we can make an eternal difference as we invest in the hearts of others. Remember, our work is meant to serve others. And when we work in this way, we are doing what God has called us to do. When we do our work, when we help someone out, when we are an example to them, when we serve them, we may even point them to a relationship with God, which will Last even longer than the sun. In fact, our work is not limited to our life here on earth. When you think about heaven, you think about the life to come, do you think there'll be work there? Some of us have this vision of heaven that's kind of lounging on the clouds and just kind of like, hey, hey, it's the eternal sing-along in the sky or they just kind of like resting and not doing much. But, you know, there's hints in the pictures of the scriptures. In Revelation, it talks about um, the nations bringing their splendor into the new Jerusalem. And it's like, what are they bringing in? Uh, it's probably... The things that they're that they've made, that they've contributed to, the, the beautiful things that I think there will be work in heaven. Because it's called a new heaven and a new earth. It's not just kind of this ethereal, cloudy thing. It's gonna be more like this life than we imagine. And all the frustrations that we feel now, these thorns and thistles, will not be part of the life to come. That we have an opportunity to envision work as a blessing, an eternal blessing. We won't have to work to survive, I'm quite sure about that, but we can envision even now that art is a form of work, is it not? It's a form of work that brings joy and I think will be eternal. So don't undervalue or overvalue your work and your career. Because there's another type of futility. And this is the futility of making too much of your work. It's the futility of saying, this is it. I'm grabbing onto it now, and this is my life. It's the idolatrousness of work. It's saying, this is my everything. If you ask me who I am, I'll tell you my job, and that's everything about me. That's my most important thing. That's my ultimate value. That's taking a good thing, making it the best thing or the ultimate thing, and God doesn't like when we give. (laughs) our attention to idols, even if they're good things. And that's a futility as well, because we're taking something that's meant to be good and we're making too much of it. It's hard for me to diagnose your hearts and to know when work and accomplishment is rising up to become too much of a love in your life. Keller defines idolatry as um, taking something and making it almost our salvation. Like, this work, this what I do is going to be who I am and my everything. So futility can cause us to despair, thinking, oh, what does it matter? I'm going to die one day. Or it can be, this matters more than it needs to. God intends work to be meaningful, but there's always a danger of futility. God also means that work should be enjoyable, but it's also toilsome. The book of Ecclesiastes frequently has these moments where it commends the simple enjoyment of work. Here's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. He says, then I realize that it's good and proper for a man to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his toilsome labor. I love that. Find satisfaction in his toilsome labor <laughs> um, under the sun during the few days of life God has given him. He makes even enjoyment sound kind of like, Ugh. but uh, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and to be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. It is a gift from God to enjoy what he has provided, the work that he offers us. Again, there's that fine line between enjoying something and worshiping it. Um, We are, though, invited to enjoy what God has called us to do. Our Christian faith should be life-affirming. It's a gift of God to enjoy our work and the fruits of our labor. Not that we have no concern for others. I mean, this isn't saying that we don't uh, have generous hearts and help the poor and help our families and help our friends. Um, But above all, we should be a people to seize the good in this world and the good in the things that we do. The satisfaction of a job well done. I want to end with one kind of a final metaphor from the book of Ecclesiastes. It's this idea of a one-handed approach. Let me read Ecclesiastes 4 verses 5 and 6. It says, The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after the wind. What is that wisdom? Well, I think there's a few things going on there. And first of all, it's the foolishness of a no-handed approach where you've kind of folded your hand, maybe you're going to sleep. The fool is the person that does no work, that does no contribution, that offers no contribution to their city, their home, their families. And they ruin their lives. In extremes, they may starve to death. You will not have what you need, and you certainly won't have something to give to others, to share with others. But if your approach to work is two-handed, it's like, I'm all in, I'm grabbing it with both hands, then I think you're moving towards that idolatrous, like it's becoming too much of your focus, it's becoming something that you're holding a little too tightly, and there's some work to do in your heart. It may be becoming an idol, or it may become devastating, because when your work no longer is what you want it to be, you will be empty and feel like it's all pointless. The two-handed approach is also dangerous. It's a chasing after the wind, because there is an element to everything that we do that is imperfect. So what's the one-handed approach? As he says, better is one handful with tranquility. It's working, it's contributing, but it's also recognizing that God is about rest as well. In fact, the whole Sabbath principle is just that, that God doesn't want us to be all about work. There is a need for rest and play. Maybe I'm stretching the metaphor in Ecclesiastes a little bit to think that when you've got a one-handed approach to work, where's the other hand? I imagine that I'm holding God's hand, that I'm working with Him in partnership, that I'm contributing. I'm putting in an effort, sure, but... I'm never letting go of him. That there are some things that I can never do. There are many things I can never do. That I can only do with God and in his strength and by his spirit. A one-handed approach takes work to be a good thing, but God to be the best thing. You know, the Christian story tells us that we live in a world created by God, but warped by sin. We must always remember that this world is not now how it should be, nor how it will forever be. Our lives will always be this balance, this mixture of the goodness of what we do and the frustration that goes along with it. Work can be hard and frustrating, but it contributes to order and beauty. Work can steer us away from God if we give our hearts to it too much, but it does give us some meaning. Work will be a struggle, but it also is a joy. So don't give up. God is using you no matter where you may be. I've known a little bit about what it means to be in that spot where you just feel like it's not quite where I feel that God wants me to be. But I also recognize that God is using me where I am, and I'm glad to be holding his hand. We need to have this vision of partnership. That was the initial invitation one hand at our work, one hand with God. Then we will find the joy and avoid the despair and the idolatry. There will always be thorns and thistles, but our Scottish friends would remind us that thistles also have flowers. Amen.